This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. What? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Buck. Hold up. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Eric Strickland, and we are On the Block on 93.7 The Ticket. Eric, uh, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful. It's chilly today. Uh, I feel like I'm in Nebraska, definitely today. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have some comparisons today we can uh, reference. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a great – I mean, coming off of a wonderful playoff weekend, I mean, there was – I mean, I I think we can look around the whole (laughs) country. There was significant – especially in the Big Ten, it was like upset weekend, you know, just all over the place. And so um, it was great. It was a great weekend. I mean, I thought by far that this is one of the better weekends of NFL football that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it was it was just fascinating. I mean, usually you have a game sprinkled in there, a blowout, something we didn't really see coming. Because usually, you know, these these lined up. I mean, all these teams have made it this far. You kind of think, okay, th- this is going to come down to uh, the final play. And then usually just, you know, it, d- it doesn't necessarily play out like that. Of course, we saw that in Wild Card Weekend. But um, this this weekend was was just absolutely fascinating. Um, I guess, I mean, and we'll get more into it in the 5 o'clock yeah. hour, more about the NFL. Um, but I, I suppose I'll just start and ask you what your favorite game was. I think a lot of people walk away saying the finale Kansas City and Buffalo just because of the, the 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 quarterbacks involved there might have been their favorite was that your favorite to watch or did you like the comeback by the Bucks or something on Saturday man I I, I thought I, I would say I was dumbfounded by the Bucks comeback oh, yeah. you know it, it was it was one of those things where you were like oh here we go again <laughs> the Garoppolo and and Niner debacle you yeah. know what I mean you thought that was about to happen again and then all of a sudden you know you you were like well maybe it's the you know I'm gonna be honest I was up here sitting like I was I was up here sitting like Illuminati confirmed <laughs> I was like I was like oh, man yeah. if this if this happens I mean I don't know what to say man I was over there <laughs> you know but um. Yeah, I, I would say the nightcap was definitely uh, worth its weight in gold. It, it was definitely a way to finish off the night, the way that that finished. Uh, you know, you would have thought that this was um, the time for the Bills and for Josh Allen to finally break through and 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 deal with a couple of his nemesis that he had um, he had had. And and it's going to, it's going to, for him, it's going to go through Mahomes. It's going to go through Kansas City. And, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to, you know, when you, when you, when you have a team with only 13 seconds, there's no way in the world that you're, you're envisioning that they would be able to get it done. And, but with the likes of Tyreek Hill and, and that crew that they have over there on the offensive side and Kelsey and that group, I mean, they got it done. And, um, you know, wonderful tribute to the poise of Mahomes and you know you celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs I mean there's they're the closest thing to an NFL team we probably have so congrats to them and the Arrowhead um, crew man they they were raucous they were rowdy it was great it was a great 
finale. Yeah, and, and very cool. Uh, of course, the, the the talk that'd be about the Grim Reaper is what uh, Andy <laughs> Reid told uh, Mahomes as he went out there. If it's Grim, go be the Grim Reaper. So very cool uh, quote coming out of that. And yeah, I mean, it was uh, it, it's fun and it's kind of fun for Kansas City fans. There's something about the <laughs> Patrick Mahomes' brother Jackson Mahomes, I think, and his TikTok that bothers me so much that I'm Ugh. this close to cheering against the Chiefs, even though they're the local team. But uh, uh, I, I can't let it bother me too much. You know, there's always uh, that one fan out there for everybody. He's just a very notable one for the Ugh. Chiefs. But uh, and of course, we'll get we'll get more into it too. Um, but the, the saddest part about that was that Josh Allen won that game and then never was able to at least go out there and redeem himself or redeem his team, as we all know about the playoff rules there. Um, so there's stuff to fix in the professional ranks. But I, I was kind of interested in this. Uh, Steve Sipple, who we'll have on at 525, so uh, we can kind of ask him to um, give us more about his opinion here. But he tweeted out, uh, as relation to an article written uh, by Parker Gabriel, his, uh, his partner over there, at the journal star uh, had a, had a, an article about the NIL landscape and everything that's kind of changing and talking to Trev Alberts and all that stuff. Um, but he mentioned in there, the shifting college landscape makes me gravitate more toward the NFL and NBA because they have a clear structure. Do you think that that is a problem that, that college fans are going through right now? Or is it, is it something that once the games start, you're kind of able to settle in and and, 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 and just watch the game. Because, I, I, you know, I'm more of a college fan than a pro fan on the football side. In basketball, I'm probably more of an NBA fan. But either way, I don't find it necessarily, to me, taking away from the college sport. But I suppose if... And, and I'm, I'm as much of a traditionalist as anybody, so, you know, but I've also just kind of trained myself to embrace this change. Do you think that all this stuff, this change that's going on in college sports is going to, I guess take some of the the older school fans out of the equation where they're not you're just not going to enjoy it as much uh I, I don't think so i think it's just given given power which is in history's past uh relied on heavily on the institutional side it, it was it was a lot to do with them i think then once um some of the rules of allowing players to leave early allowing uh players to um, not like their situations. They felt like they were trapped, um, not much that they could do. Then they would lose some of their time and eligibility, uh, n- not necessarily based on their own. Sometimes it could have been a coaching change. It could have been a uh, situational change. Um, could have been a position coach change because that, that does happen a lot and they're allowed to move. And then all of a sudden, you know, the guy that believed in you, the guy that brought you there, the guy that felt good about you. Now, all of a sudden you find yourself on the outs with whoever the new guy is, who obviously maybe looking to bring his own guys in. A couple guys maybe followed him and then you, you you're kind of stuck. And so uh, really the only way that you could shift is go down, you know, at that point. So I think that allowing them to make that one time shift, you know, without any penalty, um, I think it helps in some instance to give them a little bit more power. I think it does. I think there still needs to be some adjustments to it. I mean, only allowing being allowed to sign 25, especially in football, only 25 players with transfer portal stuff. I think it hinders sometimes the recruiting aspect of you. Uh, sometimes it can help you, uh, you know, just look at what they did. Uh, Mel Tucker did uh, up at Michigan state, you know, it, 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 it helped him, you know, getting 19 of them. So um, I think, I think with the NIL, it's created so much now a business structure, so to speak, which the 
institutional of the NCAA has been very business oriented. It's just they've been the beneficiary of most of that. And now with NIL and with kids being able to um, benefit from their their image and likeness, and and then you have the, the basically the transfer portal becoming like a mini free agency. It's giving them a qu- a quick look at the business aspect of what if they do get the opportunity to go and play at the next level, they're going to see. I mean, you're going to see trades. You're going to see uh, signings and free agency. You're going to see that you're not healthy with the, happy with this team or this organization, and you're going to want to move, whether it be by trade or whether it be in free agency. And so it kind of gives them a, a you know an insight, which college is supposed to be that, a training ground for what is coming next for you. And so um, I think that's what ultimately it's coming down to. I think coaches have criticized it. They've criticized the portal itself, the NCAA uh, at creating this free agency environment. Um, those those college coaches, some of them being uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, some have hurt him, some benefited. And then um, you look at what uh, uh, Frost said in June of 2021, you know, he suggested that it's dangerous <laughs> because you can get situations of tampering and overcrowding and impact to academics because um, I think they're, what is it called, the AP or whatever the educational component of it. So like if somebody transfers out without completing their semester, then you use your, uh, I think it's APR or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Part, part of their, you know, their academic thing that they have to be compliant in. So there's those kind of problems that I think they still need to be some adjustments that are made. And, and hopefully that would, would make it a little bit better. Yeah. It's kind of, it's interesting because you're kind of in a trial period, right? Where there's, there, there is, I, I think that one thing's been made clear um, certainly through the COVID season was that it, it, it's been a, a complaint for some people for a long time is that there's no leader of college football. There's no commissioner. And that sometimes hurts because, you know, not everybody's moving in the same direction or the right direction. And we certainly saw that again when in the COVID season when the Big Ten, like, tried to jump out and be the first team to cancel, but not knowing whether, you know, the kind of the Pac-12 was just kind of following along in their footsteps. The SEC wasn't going to do it. The Big 12 has enough of its own problems, and they were, you know. So it's just kind of a giant mess where there's no unity in college football, and I think that that's con- going to continue to be a problem. Um, but I, I also think that that eventually this stuff will kind of clear out. Right now it's kind of being described as the wild, wild west, and it is, but it's kind of a legal wild, wild west. Don't confuse yourself it's always been the wild wild west it's just now it's transparent you can see it um so but you know this kind of stuff has always gone on and maybe it'll blow up a little bit more now that that players don't have to hide um you know some of the stuff that that they they, that they get um now they can be kind of you know kind of transparent about it i think that that's good in the long run um and you know it might change the way i I think what it does do is for for some of those fans is it changes the fact that they like to watch maybe college football or college basketball especially those that don't like the nba um for the love of the game aspect and and kind of you know kind of playing as a team and all that sort of thing um and maybe that's kind of going away um but you know i i think it, it's just a thing where it got too big the, the whole business ballooned and, 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 and there's so much money um going to the institutions and in the ncaa and so it, eventually it, it absolutely has to come back to the players so um i, I think it is a change and, and maybe it's less for the love of the game or whatever um but you can still go to kind of high school for that route or um you know eventually you can kind of kind of get down to a point where you'll see that but these guys are, are, are risking too much the only separation that i think you still have 
um, that I've said for a long time is the educational, like you said, kind of the educational part to it where they are still student athletes. And then how do you kind of break it up between, you know, this student athlete, which their sport drives all the money. And then this student athlete who doesn't, um, I, I think uh, eventually, I think that that's just kind of been grandfathered in is because the colleges were the ones to do it. And by the time all the money is made, you know, and the colleges are getting it, building all their new buildings on campus and all that stuff, that's just kind of grandfathered in. The system's just too big, and I'm glad to see the players uh, being able to benefit from it. And to me, you know, all that stuff, it's off-season. It's fun for us to talk about it. It certainly impacts their lives, and good. They deserve it. But once they hit the court and I see the Nebraska brand – I'm not really thinking too much about um, how much this guy is, is getting from a local car dealership right. or anything like that. It, it just It's back to college sports, back to those rivalries and some of those things. But I, I know it's ever-changing, and, and so that can kind of be frustrating for people, but it always has been. Like college football's national championship, uh, you know, has, has gone through the era of, you know, pre-bowl determining a champion, and then bowl seasons would determine a champion, and then the BCS, and now the playoff, and now eventually the playoff's going to expand, and some of us won't like it for different reasons, myself included. I like the playoff the way it is, but it, it's, 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 it's hard to say, like, when was the perfect era, because there's always somebody that's, not, that's probably less represented in that era, uh, and so I think that it is ultimately moving in the right direction. And once they once they play on the field, it doesn't really impact me too much. All this this outside noise. Yeah, I, I think I would have <laughs> I would have loved to have been a part of this type of system. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I was blessed to be able to be playing professional baseball, so I actually made some money. I signed a you know a contract deal. I'm probably most people don't know the probably the greatest walk on in Nebraska's history for, for, <laughs> because I, I wasn't a scholarship player. I mean, I was on a scholarship, but I wasn't scholarshiped by the I mean, Danny. Nee was very happy at getting you know me there for basically not even a scholarship. So yeah. you know he was able to use that to go get someone else. You know, and and I thought that that was a great benefit. I mean, I I, I was blessed to have made money and to be able to you know have some money <laughs> to. to to go through some of my college days. But I, I remember, man, I remember some of my teammates and I remember others that, you know, just on the weekend, it was, it was, it could be tough. I mean, oh, yeah. if you, if you're Pell Grant, if they didn't get Pell Grant or whatever, you know, the weekend could be tough for you, whether you're going to get pizza or where you're going to get a nice dinner, a nice meal and all those things. I, and so I, I, I think that aspect of it also can be damaging. I think there's two other components. One, being yes, yeah, some of the bigger programs are going to benefit from it because they have great boosters and, and and they're going to have that support and they're able to create these little systems that'll be able to, you know, touch somebody you know real nicely you know to bring them in. But then also it's a hit and miss game, the same as if it is if you're an owner trying to sign somebody, right? You may miss, i.e., uh, what happened up in Oklahoma with um, oh man, my just went to uh, SC the quarterback. Um, oh shoot. Gosh dang it. What's the name of Oklahoma oh, that just South Carolina? Spencer Rattler? Oh, he went to South Carolina. Yes. Yeah, Spencer I thought you were saying USC. That's why it took me a minute. My bad. Yeah. Spencer Rattler. So so with with um with Spencer Rattler, you know, signed some big NIL money, oh, yeah. you know, with some dealerships and stuff and and Caleb Williams. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So sometimes <laughs> they hit or miss. But then I think a couple of things, the COVID situation, I think that's gonna take about four or five years to kind of wane itself out. Uh, that's helped parity, I think, because now some of these players they're gonna they're gonna have to go to maybe some HBCUs because 
just the bigger programs maybe that they could have went to or not not able to do that unless they're a one and done school. Um, so you've got a lot of parity. So you've got a lot of teams that are clipping people because they've got good players now, you know, that stayed with them through the process because they had these COVID extra players that stayed longer. So you've got that. And then you've also got the damage of it in that um, those bigger schools are able to do that where the smaller ones not. They may not have the same UIL opportunities to bring in the big names. And so you're going to get those impartial type situations where your Georgias and Alabamas and, you know, the big Texas and, and the likes of them, even though Texas has been pretty garbage, they haven't benefited from it very much. <laughs> so I can't really say that. So, yeah, that's that's kind of some of the stuff that's out there in the, in, in the, in the, in the atmosphere. Yeah, and a lot of it's changing, and it's hard to know, like, what what's gonna what's it going to look like in five or ten years? Absolutely, we don't know, but it, I, I think it's moving in a positive direction, you know, and, and I can't wait to see, because initially I think a lot of it is like, okay, this is this is going to be recruiting, right? Like you were saying, you know, and then, then all that goes to Spencer Rattler, and then Spencer Rattler's gone. So maybe as you kind of move forward with this thing, more of the NIL money will funnel more to retention, keeping the players that you have on campus uh, more so uh, than recruiting, but which is a recruiting, you know, in, in its own right. But uh, it's kind of interesting to see how that plays out. I did want to ask you a few questions um, that always come to mind when, you, when I talk about this sort of thing. One, were you ever bothered by the video games and not being paid by the NCAA? Of course, eventually Man. you got to, uh, to be in the NBA video games by the the time you were you were paid for that but for the ncaa was that a bother or was that really cool to finally be a character in a video game i i would say it didn't really become a bother for me until i got to the uh, players association and you got that you know that licensing check that thing yeah. hit nice you know yeah. that thing hit through <laughs> so that would have been nice you know to have some of that pop through you know every other semester or whatever okay. every year that would have been nice to get a little pop from that. Oh, shoot, them jerseys. I got a couple. I got some people that still tell me, Strick, I got your jersey from when you, you know, you was with the Huskers. Can you sign it? Blah. Yeah, that would have hit nice. Oh, yeah. to have, you know, <laughs> me, me, actually, it was funny. Me and Skull Hayes, uh, Carl Hayes, we was uh, we was laughing. I saw one of his posts on Facebook. And uh, shout out to Skull, Carl Hayes. He was one of the ones I, I, I loved to watch when I was coming up through the ranks and, and his style of play was so silky smooth remind me of George Gervin with with the way he played but um yeah we were talking and he was filming up at the uh the basketball practice facility and uh he filmed the number 21 jersey I was like shoot I could have been paid for that and I was like no nah, that's I said that's Stricky baby that's Stricky's number man <laughs> so I had his number so we were just laughing about that, but that's just some funny stuff to just deal with. You know, who who, who gets to claim it yeah. you know, over the years? You know what I mean? That's kind of the fun stuff about it. Well, and then the other thing, too, is, you know, it is it is very much, and maybe, I, I hope, you know, I wonder, I just kind of wonder, kind of the generational thing is because you guys did kind of put in the work, right, to eventually for these athletes to pay off. And you're, you're I mean, I would think for most of the former athletes are pro athletes because like what you said, um, you know, eventually it would be nice to, thinking back on your time on campus, how nice it would have been to get some of that stuff. But it just kind of makes me think twice about it is that, you know, Adrian Martinez very much benefited off of all the work that, you know, Tommy Frazier and Eric Crouch and, you know, just the legends – weren't able to pay out at that time and now you know the, the kids these days are going to be able to that so I just hope that there is always an appreciation uh, for the guys that came before them because certainly you know just comparing careers there there's one's better than the other but the, you know the other guy got more of the money but that's just how it is I mean that's how time moves on if you look at Tom Osborne's contract uh, 
uh, by the time he was leaving. I, I think it was less than a million dollars. I don't know if he ever got to a million. And now, of course, uh, everybody that's got a Power 5 job is, is in the couple millions. So it, it's just it's just kind of yeah. time moving on, I suppose. I mean, the NBA was like that, too. You know what I mean? When we when we look back at it, you know, we we, we recognize the Jordans and, 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 you know, the Bill Russells and and uh, the the Kareem's, we we recognize those guys as as setting the bar and set and, and providing. I, you know, I don't know if the newer generation is the same. I think some of them do, um, but I know that. Who uh, I told my mom, I, I don't know if I've said it on this show, but I told my mom, I said, "Dang, mom, if you could have just waited, you and dad waited about ten years, we'd yeah. be about sixty, eighty million right now." <laughs> That's right, because the, the NBA also blew blew the lids off their salary cap a few years ago as well. So it's all, it all kind of trends in that direction. And, and again, good for uh, the pro yeah, players. Yeah, good for them. But just, uh, yeah. just remember, you know, hopefully they have the appreciation for the guys before that made it possible. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on, on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. We'll come back and talk a little Husker basketball. Um, the anti-Hoiberg crowd, I guess, is getting acknowledged a little bit, but I'm going to tell you why Hoiberg is a far better example of if he can't, then no one can, which is often labeled to Frost. That that little that little saying, I think, is pretty important in this Hoiberg discussion. That's coming up next here on The Block on 93.7 The Ticket.